All right, first of all, if there's no, you have to have extra blue cheese. If you don't have extra blue cheese, don't even bring the plate over. You know, uh, recently I've been here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Recently I've been going a little more mild wings. I, I'm, I'm, I turned 50 years old, so my stomach can uh, get a little bit older. But I used to like hot wings. Now I go mild. They still have a nice uh, hot sauce on them. But you gotta have extra blue cheese with them. And um, I like the forearms more, you know, than, than the, uh, the biceps. Yeah. Put it right in, pull them right out. You get two bones. If you do it right, you, get, you do it right. Like in New York, you only have two bones left. Yep. You're done. You know, Absolutely. Yep. My favorite exercise to train, well, I'm going to do two parts. When I was younger, it was squats. And squats make the man. If you don't squat, if you want to play football and you want to really be a good football player, you got to hit the squat rack. Football, arms are for show, legs are for go. Everything's everything squats, squats, squats. If I did the squats, I never would play past high school, never would play on five or seven pro teams. Um, never would have been free at the scouting combine, I know that. but. And our, our throwing area. You know, we did. We really had the camaraderie and the sportsmanship. You can't match the, the throwers with that. I mean, I, I go all around. This is one of the close, but the throwers have that camaraderie where, where they're laughing, joking, almost like old line. They're like a bunch of old linemen, but, you know, I mean, I, Kingston getting along with Monroe, Middletown, everybody together. And uh, I had the same thing in college, but not as much as that high school. The high school throwers, man, they, they get along. You know, and um, I still remember guys from high school, 35 years now, I'd give a big hug. You know, a guy from Washington, Greg Morecki. He was my, we, I'd beat him, you know, by an inch. All of a sudden, he still beat me by two inches, and we'd go at it, you know, and now we still talk, you know. It's great. Like people are forgetting what happened that day. They're not remembering the sacrifices that were made for our country that day. They are. They are forgetting. You know, and, and you know what, I mean, time heals old, old wounds, they say, but to me, this was yesterday. 9-11 to me was basically yesterday because I can't forget those guys. We can never forget the, the men, we can never forget the people, we can never forget the civilians. You might want to try to forget the tragedy itself, but never forgive, never forget is what I say. Hey, this is your tribe fireman and coach from some lads. Every day is a gift. Make sure you unwrap it. If you listen to the Iron Dread podcast, go for Twitter. And we're back here live to record on your Iron Dread podcast. I'm your host, as always, Chris Whitaker. Thanks for tuning in this week. This one is episode number 58. 58 episodes strong here on your Iron Dread podcast. And this week, we have the a replay of of our most downloaded episode of the entire series right of all our 57 previous episodes the number one most played and downloaded episode was episode number 40 with coach tim somerlad of monroe woodbury high school in monroe new york uh coach somerlad also a retired fdny firefighter uh this episode was a great one really enjoyed talking with coach Summerlad and you know all about all our different things going through our speed set questions having some fun with them and then getting kind of serious and really talking about a lot about football and a lot about uh the tragedy of 9-11 that he lived through um in new york city so this one is again our top played episode of the show so if you haven't heard this one yet uh you're in for a treat if you have heard it already go ahead and check it out again 
um, because this one was a great one. Again, really enjoyed it. If you enjoy the show, please follow us on social media at Iron Dread Pod. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like the show, share it with a friend. If you don't like the show, tell no one. If you like the show, share it with your friends. Uh, I want to thank all our international listeners from around the world supporting us. And uh, this week, we have some new sponsors for the show. Uh, The Iron Dread podcast um, obviously helps to support our Iron Dread uh, powerlifting and our Iron Dread strength and conditioning program here at Dexter High School. Uh, Coming up in a few weeks, I mentioned it on the last episode, we have our Iron Dread powerlifting showcase. And some of our premier sponsors for that event include Holiday's Restaurant, where every day is a celebration. Visit them at 2080 West Stadium Boulevard, Ann Arbor, Michigan, or at HolidaysRestaurant.com. Download their app and receive 10% off your first order when you download the app from the Apple or Google Play Store. Reinhardt Realtors and Associate Broker Tracy Rose. Give her a call at 734-726-5400 you're interested in buying or selling a home our local ann arbor menards 6405 jackson road ann arbor michigan save big money at menards bella's transport incorporated 6435 north territorial road in dexter michigan a family-owned gravel hauling and trucking transport service since 2004 Give them a call at 313-433-4806. Our very own, our very own coach Ryan Mackey and Ryan Mackey Photography. I find him on social media at Ryan Mackey Photography. If you're in the area and looking for a good photographer, Ryan Mackey is a friend of the show, a friend of the Iron Dread program. Uh, He is a physical education teacher at our 3-4 building and he uh, has a photography business on the side so please uh, support all him and all of these businesses and if you do tell them you heard about them here on the Iron Dread podcast uh, folks so as I said things are going um, good here we're really getting uh, getting close and getting excited for the Iron Dread powerlifting showcase coming up in two weeks Next week, we have a young lady going and competing in the Michigan High School Powerlifting Association State Meet, uh, put on by Chris Gillum and everyone down there at Adrian High School. So we're looking forward to all that stuff. I don't really have that much more to bring to you today. Hope you uh, enjoy this episode. Again, please give our sponsors a shout out. And without much further ado, let's get to Coach Tim Somerlad on our Iron Dread Podcast top episode replay. This one's coming back from episode 40. Tim Somerlad, FDNY retired. We're back here live to record on the Iron Dread Podcast. I'm sitting here chatting with an old friend of mine from my days back in New York, FDNY retired, uh, retired throws coach from Monroe Woodbury High School in Monroe, New York, Mr. Tim Somerlad. Coach Somerlad, welcome to the Iron Dread Podcast. 
Thank you, Coach. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm glad, glad you're here. Uh, I mentioned before we started recording, you were on my, on my short list of people. I sit down and think about who can I get on the show that's going to have something positive, a positive message to bring to our listeners. And that's what this show is about. Um, you know, something positive, a, a good story that people listen to it and they're going to enjoy themselves listening to it, maybe learn a little something and take something uh, positive from the show. And you're definitely one of those guys. So the first thing we're going to do, coach, speed, set, questions, rapid fire, right? Ten questions, quick answers, uh, the first thing that pops into your brain on these, okay? Okay. So first one is this. Now, I'm out here in Michigan, so this is a big thing, and I think I know who you're going to pick by default, but go blue or go green? Blue. Go blue. <laughs> Out here in Michigan, the blue and the green is the, is the University of Michigan Wolverines and the Michigan State Spartans in New York. Go blue, go green is a little bit different. It is a little bit different, but I will say a lot of New York Giants came from Michigan, although I do still love the Spartans. I still love the Spartans. So Michigan, I like both. Michigan State and Michigan, both good teams. Both, both good football out there. That's all I say. Good Michigan football. Tony Mandarich and, uh, you know, the list goes on. Uh, Eric Howard, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, Jumbo Elliott was my guy. Jumbo Elliott was my favorite. So I got to go Michigan. <laughs> Michigan, go blue. Uh, your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Jaws. I love that movie too. It's like a lineman. It's an eating machine. Like, it's a, <laughs> like Quinn says, it's an eating machine. That's it. You know, you're dealing with something that doesn't care. It just wants to eat, <laughs> you know, and uh, it was it was a great movie how, uh, you know, they set out for the big big shark and he turns the tides on him, you know. Quint, they couldn't get him, you know. I mean, eventually eventually the shark blew up, but uh, he yep. beat Quint. Yeah. And that's, uh, I like that movie. Great movie. Jaws is a great movie. We we actually have a coach that coaches with us out here in Michigan, and his, so, name, is Tony, you know, his name is Tony Quint. So for Halloween one year, he dressed as Captain Quint from Jaws. It was so funny. Oh, that must be funny. Next one. Favorite TV show. And the Indianapolis speech. Right. Favorite TV show. Ooh, that's a tough one. And when I was a kid, it was the Incredible Hulk. So that, 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 that personified me a little bit growing up, uh, you know, and before that was a six million dollar man. Everything was action, you know. Um, I'm a lot, a lot older than you, so I'm dating myself with the six million dollar man and the Incredible Hulk. You know, um, today I don't watch much football, but if I do, it's it's Big Blue Giants, man, NFL and and uh, college football. That's about all the all the TV I really watch, you know. And these days, you know, Monday Night Football is probably <laughs> Monday yeah. Night Football. Yeah, I tell people out here like they don't they don't get it like where we are in New York, like college football isn't as big as it is kind of out here in the Midwest and all that. Like we're, we're pro football in New York first. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday shuts down. Yep. Yeah. 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 All right. Your, your number one hobby right now. Number one hobby right now is actually, I'm getting my house ready for sale and uh, you know, it's more work, but my real hobby is bow hunting now. Uh, well, that's what I like to do. And um, I'm getting ready for that October 1st. And you know, I didn't start bow hunting until I was 39 years old, but you know it makes you, it calms you down, but it does make you focus on on, on nature, and uh, 
not only that, it, it, it had, when you when you aim that arrow, you really focus on 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 zeroing in on something, uh, what they call it, a, a target within a target, or or an area within an area. So you really zone in and teach you how to relax. You know, teach you how to relax when you're about to shoot. Teach you to calm down. And I really think that happens with athletics, where a lot of guys are a little too headstrong, just run in there. Sometimes you gotta use your head and you gotta take a deep breath, you know, and see what's going on. And uh, and uh, you know. Focus on that arrow, you know, focus on what you're doing. And uh, I really think bow hunting would help, especially like a baseball pitcher or a quarterback or um, even a receiver catching the ball. Um, it, it goes into sports. It really does. You know, uh, bow hunting uh, really helps. And, and I wish I did that when I was younger. Yeah. You know? I used to spend a lot of time when, when I was home with, with my dad. Him and I would go out bow hunting all the time when I was, when I was in high school and and all that. We used to go shoot the video. There used to be a place in Saugerties, New York. I know right. you know where that is. Yes. Uh, they had a, it was called Alex Archery and they had an indoor shooting range that it was like a big movie screen at the end of the, of the shooting range. And you put these flat tip arrows, uh, um, heads on your arrows and it had a little reflector tape on the back and they play a video. So it'd be like a big elk walking across the screen and you had to wait for him to get in a position, draw, shoot, uh, and based on where you hit it on the screen, it came back like a video game and said that you made, a, you know, a 10 out of 10 shot or a 8 out of 10 shot based on where you hit it on the animal. Right. That's great. That's what I mean. Zone in, focus on that. That's great for quarterback, especially. Oh, yeah. Just Zone to focus, in. just to block out all the noise or pressure around you and just do what you got to do. All right. Hey, this next one, I, I love talking with people from New York about this one because they almost always agree with me. It's a fight for me out here in Michigan. Chicken wings. How do you eat them and what do you dip them in? All right, first of all, if there's no, you have to have extra blue cheese. If you don't have extra blue cheese, don't even bring the plate over. You know, uh, recently I've been yeah, yeah, exactly. Recently I've been going a little more mild wings. I, I, I'm I'm I turned 50 years old, so my stomach and uh, you know, get a little bit older. But I used to like hot wings. Now I go mild. They still have the nice uh, hot sauce on them, but you gotta have extra blue cheese with them. And uh, I like the forearms more, you know, than than the uh, the biceps. Yeah. Put it right in, pull them right out. You get two bones. If you do it right. You, get, you do it right. Like in New York, you only have two bones left. Yep. You're done. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. You Absolutely. You remember that. Oh, I, I, hey, I do it out here, and people look at me like, "What? Yeah. That's how you eat those? Yeah, this is how you eat them. Watch me, and stop dipping them in ranch." Yeah, right? that's hey, what they do out here. Yeah, I will have to say something. Buffalo Bills fans and Buffalo really did start that, and around Super Bowl twenty-five, right, right around then, it was when it really took off in New York. A little before that, but I got to give the Bills fans some credit because they they really pushed the wings thing, and it came down to New York. Really, it blew up in New York City. And New York yeah. suburbs, really, the suburbs of New York. I mean, you go, you get good wings anywhere. I can get, I can go twenty places in Monroe, one town, and get wings. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they're few and far between out here, but I got a place right, right, right in a town, right down from me. It's actually inside an ice arena, so there's sheets of ice uh, on either side, and upstairs in the middle, overlooking both ice arenas, is a restaurant, and they got some good wings, like we would order at, at home in New York. There you go. And one, one of the ingredients there with the hot sauce, throw butter in when you're making the house heat it up, and that butter helps it stick. That's the big reason that, that, that uh, wings taste good, and it sticks to it, you know? 
Oh yeah. It's a little little thing there. Yeah, a little little, little, little New, New York, York secret. Hey, hey, you know what the other thing is? The uh the people that want to order chicken nuggets with wing sauce on it and call them boneless wings. Uh, no no comparison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> notice notice all you boneless wing eaters. A true New Yorker <laughs> Coach Tim Somerlad, he doesn't. He's not even going to entertain that 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 statement right there. No comparison. I, I, I'll go for twenty nuggets just because of the price of it and a quick drive by. But there's no comparison to regular wings or bones in it. There's no take it from me. Seriously, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Right. You can go barbecue teriyaki, but you got to go bone. Yeah, bone in. Got to. And they're not wings if they don't have a bone. <laughs> No. All right, next one. No, it's just bread. It's just a point. Mr. Mr. Meat and bread is all it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Your favorite exercise to train? My favorite exercise to train? Well, I'm going to do two parts. When I was younger, it was squats. And squats make the man. If you don't squat, if you want to play football and you want to really be a good football player, you got to hit the squat rack. Football, arms are for show, legs are for go. Everything's everything squats, squats, squats. If I didn't do squats, I never would have played past high school, never would have played on five semi pro teams. Um, never would have made free in the scouting combine. I know that. But um, nowadays it's a little different. Uh, you know, I like my uh, I like my bench press, I like dumb, dumbbell presses. I do dumbbells now. And I tell you what, if I was younger and I knew when I was younger, if I knew what I knew now, I would do more dumbbells because uh, the stabilization that it, that you need and, and uh, just like pass blocking. You're not just going to go straight up on a guy. You still have to have that catenary or side-to-side movement he's going to have. The deep alignment, the alignment is going to have that side movement. So dumbbells really does help. Start out with powerlifting. You know, start out with a bar. Tell all the kids there, start out with a bar for two years. Once you get stronger, once you bench press over like 250, 300, you better start doing dumbbells. Dumbbells really help. Especially, like I said, pass blocking, dumbbells. Absolutely. We we throw them in and accessory work all the time out here. Um, your favorite sport to play? Yeah. I already know the answer to this question. Favorite sport is football. Mm-hmm. Yep, you know that, uh, especially center. You know, I wish I was a running back, but that never happened. They always had me grazing with the hogs. <laughs> Old line. <laughs> me too, buddy. You know, that was so the next question, one man. is your. The next one's your favorite sport <laughs> to watch. I'm just gonna move right on past that because I already know what that is. Uh, your favorite food. Oh, that's a tough one. But I'm going to have to say lasagna. Lasagna probably was a side of meatball, but definitely lasagna. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I've tried I've tried other things. I, I'm a firehouse cook. You know, I've made other things. But right behind that was crab cakes. Lasagna first. And um, honorable mention would be the crab cakes there, you know. But Absolutely. I'm not, yeah, I'm not too picky, though. <laughs> yeah. Hey, none of us old linemen ever are, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, last one in the speed set questions is your favorite music genre to train to. Okay, favorite music actually, um Alice in Chains was big with me. I listen to Alice in Chains when I lift. Um Rage Against the Machine, I'm a little bit older. You know, like I said, Rage Against the Machine was another big one. Um, you know, a little bit of Pearls Jam, more than that that year there. Uh some Guns and Roses, I'm dating myself again. Guns and Roses. Uh who else is it? Lincoln Park is really good. That 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 had my throat was lifting to all that. 
and uh, Lincoln Park presets the tempo. You know, oh, yeah. that's that's another good one. I, I think you might lift your friends, your sons to the uh, your your players to that too. But uh, mm-hmm. I would say Lincoln Park and uh, House of Chains gets fired up. You know, rock music, you know? man. I love it. But, I love it all. Have, have you listened to uh, Five Finger Death Punch? Have you heard of that band? <laughs> not really. Not really. You got to check those guys out. They're, they do some good cover songs, too, that you'll really like. Five Finger Death Punch. Five Finger Death Punch. I'll check them out. Yeah. Hey, nothing beats old Led Zeppelin either. You throw that on. Led Zeppelin oh, no. never gets old. Oh, yeah, no. and, and we're gonna we're gonna come back to to music a little bit later in the podcast you know stay tuned folks a little bit later in the podcast coach tim Somerlad will pick his weight room song of the week uh to add to our iron dread podcast weight room song of the week playlist so coach uh we kind of talked about uh, briefly you know you were a fireman in the fdny you played offensive line and football you were a throws coach uh, kind of what, what's your story? Like where, you know, where did you grow up? How did you get into football and all the things that you wound up doing now? You said you're, you're going to be 52 years old. You said, how, how did you, uh, kind of get to where you are? Okay. Sorry about that. I, I couldn't hear half what you said. All right. Anyway, well, I was born Rockaway, uh, Breezy Point, New York in Queens. And for it's almost four years old. We moved up to Monroe, uh, Monroe Woodbury high school was where I went to high school. Um, I want to start out, though, with Pop Warner. We had the best Pop Warner you could have. Great coaches. That was a great foundation. And it was a great feeder program from the Monterey Pop Warner system to Monterey High School. Um, I thrived there. Played uh, center, uh, varsity center for a few years there. And uh, I loved playing center. And my thing was uh, I also threw shot put. And I kept in good shape where I was only up to 220 pounds playing. And, and years ago, that was a big weight. But it wasn't really a uh, big big college weight, so uh, I was kind of slightly overlooked, I would say, and I went to throw a shot with Delhi. But a year later, I was up at 275. I, I, I matured late, you know. So if I matured early, I would have been 275 in high school. But went on to uh, throw shot put, loved it. You know, I was a state uh, state competitor in high school with the states, and uh, I stuck with me. So I did shot put for a while, and um, I missed football for a little while, and then. And I had a big chip on my shoulder, real big chip on my shoulder. And because of that, I went to uh, Newburgh Raiders. They had a good team. They were a really good team, undefeated. So I walked on to Newburgh Raiders. Um, I was 280 pounds then. I got a, I made a starting position right away. Clicked right on with those guys. They were a great team. We won the Empire Football Championship every year. And uh, I learned from the best because uh, they had Mike McLaren, who actually was a Washington Redskin. Um, he actually was uh, Mark, Mike, uh, Mark May's backup, and Joe Gibbs was coach. So what a great offensive line coach to learn from. I mean, he, he took me from a boy to a, boy to a man. Great coach. Uh, Ed Christensen was the head coach who was a broke all the records of Marist. Great fullback uh, before that. So I learned from the best. And um, I played on a bunch of other semi-pro teams, um, the Monroe Stars, also on the Orange County Bulldogs, the Brooklyn Mariners. And then I finally went down to FDNY football team. I got in FDNY, thank God, I became a fireman. Best thing that ever happened to me, FDNY. And I uh, became captain of that team by working hard. Um, I played five years in the FDNY, and uh, I couldn't play any longer because of my lungs. We'll get back to that later. But I loved it. And I, loved, I played football. We won a national championship. I was 33 by then. So I played football until I was 33. And I did come back one year at 38 years old to play again. And uh, 
Uh, I could barely get out of bed at 38, but the love of the game brought me back, you know. I think I met you the next year after that. But I played football until I was 38, so I couldn't get out of bed anymore. That's how much I loved it. And that's the, the sport gave me so much, you know. And a lot of it was the shot put drills. Shot put was a great back round. If you guys are out there, any offensive lineman, you should throw a shot put. You should do those drills, especially with Coach Chris. Uh, Whitaker knows the stuff. He'll turn you into an animal, man. And, and those shot put drills get you so explosive. It helped me so much. People are like, where'd you get the punch from? Where'd you get the hip drive from? A lot of it's from the shopper drills and hitting that squat rack. I will always go back to the squat rack. Arms are for show, legs are for go. <laughs> we should make a shirt up for that, coach. We, we can. We can. We can make. We can make shirts. Shirts up for that. I used to love pushing. I used to love pushing around guys with big arms and with their little skinny calves on them. You know, mm -hmm. you knew you knew they were going to have a long game when you saw those little skinny calves out there. <laughs> You know, so, <laughs> and then so it, I, then you went on to become a coach, right? Yeah, I uh, wanted to become a coach. What happened was I, my lungs were damaged nine eleven. I thought, as a matter of fact, I lost twenty two guys on our team from FDNY. God bless uh, on nine eleven. So mm -hmm. I was single, no kids. I dug every day. I was at the firehouse where we dug, and like they would for us. And um, unfortunately, I couldn't play anymore. Um, my lungs were really bad. The lung capacity went from 103% running every day to 44%. So I started coaching. Um, I had to retire from the FDNY. So I went back and I coached the O-line for them. And I coached 17 years Pop Warren with the O-line. Uh, I coached the year JV. And uh, I, I, I love it, man. Football is my life. I, when I, if I can't sleep at night, I'll just run football plays through my head. You know, mostly a counter tray or a long trap or a short trap, something. And I tell you, it works. You, you fall asleep that way. Oh, yeah. um, the one thing I will say, the first, the one thing I say, coach, all you linemen out there, the first step is the most important thing um, that I coached. If, if you don't have that first step off the line, you're going to get beat. So work on that and then build from there. You know, you can build on everything else off, off of that. You know? Yeah. If you don't have a first step, you're, you're, you're getting beat. If that guy across from you is any good, he's blowing you up and, yeah. and you're done. For sure, we're actually working exactly. on doing a doing another a podcast because uh, right now I coach. I'm the strength coach for our school, and I coach the lower level football, the JV freshman guys, and then our varsity coach who wound up. He actually my first year I coached varsity, and then when I started the strength program, I took a step back. Um, so our varsity O line coach now he played O line for Greg Fry at Indiana. Wow, no kidding, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so cool. we are we're working on doing a, an O line based episode. So I might have to get you back on here, and we'll uh, we'll talk all <laughs> offensive line with three three of us old uh, retired offensive linemen. I'm good. I'm in on that. Heck yeah! Let me know. That sounds great. So you you started coaching, right? You said you coached football at a bunch of different levels for a long time. And you coach the throws, and that and that's where I wound up meeting you and becoming friends with you. Was you know, hey, I, I saw you every weekend for how many years from November to June? We would see each other indoor, outdoor. That was uh, six years in a row we saw. Uh, nine months. I see you in July and August. In September, that was about it. Maybe, well, actually, saw yep. November to June. Yeah. Yep. yep. November, November through June. 
we'd have we'd have a track meet every weekend. Coach Somerlad and I be hanging out. All right, Judy, yep. Judy Stalter from Middletown, Sam Acevedo, right? Yeah. Your counterpart there coaching the boys throws, you know, coach Somerlad coached the girls. And we used to, we used to have a lot of fun and we, we had some great kids on, on all our teams. And yes, the did. cool part I think about that situation was we all interacted with each other and each other's kids. Like yes. you, you come up and talk with my kids. I talk with your kids. We both go talk with, to Judy's kids from Middletown and we had a, a relationship and a like a, a good little community yes. over there in our, our throwing area. You know, we did. We really had the camaraderie and the sportsmanship was you can't match the, the throwers with that. I mean I have been all around. Distance runners are close, but the throwers have that camaraderie where where they're laughing, joking, almost like old line. They're like a bunch of old linemen, but you know, I mean I, Kingston getting along with Monroe, Middletown, everybody together. And uh, I had the same thing in college, but not as much as that high school the high school throwers, man, they, they get along, you know. And um, I still remember guys from high school, 35 years now, I'd give a big hug. You know, a guy from Washington, Greg Morecki. He was my – I'd beat him, you know, by an inch. All of a sudden, he throw beat me by two inches, and we go at it, you know. And now we still talk, you know. It's great. It's great. As a matter of fact, I beat him – I beat him out of states by, like, three inches. And uh, he didn't talk to me for about six months. Then all of a sudden, you know, but he beat me outdoors in the discus, so he got me back. Yeah. You know? It's fun though. Hey, yeah, we but. we even got along. We you know we're talking about all these coaches. Hey, we 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 didn't even shout out uh, Carmen Peter over there at uh, Newburgh Free Academy. She was another one that was in there with us. And Kingston, for Kingston, Newburgh, and Monroe to all get along with each other, that that's saying something. That is, and also we did have Tom Fossil, but uh, Tom oh, yes, Fossil Tom. from Marlboro, but he definitely oh, yeah. he had to do. Uh, yeah, he wanted to be extended over to the runners too, so. He'd always yeah. look over the throws, which he was over with us. He knew our camaraderie. I remember him over by the track, which was by us, you know. Oh yeah, I, I, how can I forget Tom? I, uh, I've, I've been, I've been needing to catch up with him. He, he's a good man. Great guy. He's a great guy, man. Yeah. So great we, we got, I got to get him on the, on the show as well. He too. told I've me been... a lot about video. And... Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, he, he really helped me with the video part of it. Where. I would, I would, you know, more or less just coaching him. He really showed me how to break it down with the video and show the kids all that. And uh, that, 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 that was a big part of my uh, – the end of my throwing uh, coaching career with that, you know. Oh, yeah. We had some fun for sure. So, um, so Coach, um, the, the next thing I would, would like to bring up is your time in the fire service. You know, obviously – uh, for for me, I have a ton of respect uh, for all public servants, police, fire, military, EMS. Um, so anytime I can get somebody that was a professional in that field on, um, it's it's always a, a pleasure for me. I have my my buddy uh, Andrew Cafaldo. He's a nine one one dispatcher in Ulster County. On not too long ago, we talked about this, but. Um, you know, tell tell us a little bit about your time in the fire service. So when did you start for the FDNY? Were you a volunteer before you became professional? Uh, kind of how how did you get involved with the FDNY? Well, okay, well when I was a kid, you know, when I was as a matter of fact, I was born. My dad was in a fire academy when I was born, so it's, it's a little legacy there. My dad was a fireman. My two uncles, 
I actually have three cousins that are firemen and my brother-in-law. So as a little kid, I was going to ladder 40 in Harlem, 37 or 40. And uh, the camaraderie there was just like throwers. I mean, real brotherhood. And these guys were great firemen. I'm talking about 1974, 1975. Harlem was burning. And that was after the Bronx started burning. Harlem was burning where he was working. And you'd see these guys going to work. And, man, and they were just, you hear glass breaking. You'd see the fire. And you see all this commotion going on. Because my dad whooped. And um, they're pulling people out of the building. I never saw such, like, teamwork and camaraderie and brotherhood. And they were heroes, man. You see them pulling people out that would have died, you know. And uh, I, I, my whole life, I, I wanted to fill in those shoes. I wanted to do that myself. And I was lucky enough to take the test. I missed the first test. I was 17. I missed it by like three months, the filing date. So I missed the 1987 test. And I took the 92 test. Loved it. Did, uh, did great on it. Got 99 and a quarter on the written. I trained with a 40-pound vest all winter for three years. They postponed the physical. I got 100 on the physical. And uh, that was really good. So I wound up going on the file in 1997. Went to Ladder 30 in Harlem, Engine 59, Ladder 30, 133rd Street in Lenox. Great place. And, you know, one thing about the fire department, you got an all-county linebacker, you got an all-county softball player, all-county soccer, all-county basketball. Everybody's an athlete. Everybody can do the job. And you were the best. I mean, these guys, if, you, if you're going down, they're pulling you out. I mean, and, and like I said, it's just like it's, it's, it's like a football game. Going to a fire is like a football game times 10. Your heart's beating, you're pounding, and you know you're with the best guys around you. So you're just going, we're just going 100 miles an hour. You know, we're thinking about a job, and we learn, we learn every day. But we're going at it, man. And I would, I would give my right arm to be going up Lenox Avenue right now and making a turn on 137th Street in Harlem and hearing the engine saying 1075 and all the tents banging on the glass. We got a job, we got a job. The intensity, just, oh, man. Pins and needles, your heart's pounding. You know, then all of a sudden you report of a child on third floor. You forget it. I mean, we're going. You know, and uh, I, my part was I just love breaking down the door. I was a force entry mostly, uh, Ironsman. So love that. You know, breaking down the door and I go in with search, and then you have a little quick, most like a wide receiver, be quick, quick uh, search guy. You know, everybody had a position really. We all have different positions, but you know, you put your certain guy in a certain spot. You know, so I bust down the door and then have a quick guy search that room real quick. You know, and um, you get another guy. You gotta go up to the roof, sometimes seven, eight floors. You gotta walk eight stories with a hundred pounds of stuff on. You gotta get to that roof. You better be an athlete because not only when you get to that roof, now you gotta work and you're sucking wind and you gotta vertically vent that roof and get all that smoke out of there, which will let the engine push the line in and, get, and, and push the fire out. So it's a lot of athleticism, a lot of brotherhood and a lot of training that goes into the fire department. And it's just so rewarding, man. Kids, kids waving to the street, people waving, thank you. One guy who saved his mom in 1972, I mean, I was two years old, and he's thanking somebody did, who's, the guy's probably even passed away by now, but it, it, it's just great, you know, and, um, you know, the only, the only bad, well, 9-11 really put a damper on things. It really hurt us. We lost 343 firemen, and, uh, you know, that put a damper on it, man, and we dug, I dug nine months every day. I was at the firehouse of digging, and if you were seeing no kids, that's what you did. And uh, there was 22 guys on the FDNY football team that we lost 9-11. Uh, I could be here forever talking about those guys. Every one of them was great. Every one of them has their own story, um, you know, and I'm humbled by those guys and what they did, you know. And they weren't just heroes for dying that day. They were heroes for signing up for the job and being firemen. But 
it was luck of the draw who, who died that day. But I will say all the rescue units, my friend Bronco was a lineman. He passed away. And uh, just whatever. Those guys were – I knew I lost a bunch of friends driving down to a trade center 100 miles an hour. We already knew we lost a lot of guys. And, uh, you know, we remember them 19 years later. And, um, you know, we got the patches to remember them all on. And uh, that's it. They live on with us. And I did send you a video of the bravest team. I was hoping you could spread that around. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, it, it, it's upsetting. I get a, little, get a little choked up with that. And we'll never oh, forget for sure. those guys, you know. No, we'll, we, will, yeah. we will never, never forget so, those three, individuals. Three yeah, and that, and this is this is the yeah. perfect week for you to come on because I feel like, especially out here where I am, um, and across around the whole country, I feel like people are forgetting what happened that day. They're not remembering the sacrifices that were made for our country that day. They are, they are forgetting, you know. And, and you know what? I, I mean, time healed old, old wounds. They say. But to me, this was yesterday. 9-11 to me was basically yesterday because I can't forget those guys. We can never forget the, the men. We can never forget the people. We can never forget the civilians. You might want to try to forget the tragedy itself, but never forgive, never forget is what I say. We can never forget those guys. And, uh, you know, they, they, they were going 100 miles an hour just like they were in a football game, but it was real life, you know. That's one good thing about football. You get to go home, knock, knock on wood. But, uh, you know. Sorry, low battery. <laughs> okay. But anyway, um, so what happened to those guys was a shame, you know. Uh, but that's it. We got to live on, you know. And uh, I think about them every day. And uh, you know what? We, we never won a national championship before they died. And uh, the year after they died, we rebuilt the team. We had 107 guys come out for the team. Um, it really rebuilt it. And then that was 2002. And we had some, we had some, some growing pains. We were hurting. Next year in 03, I, I was lucky enough to become captain of the team. We beat the heck out of the cops for the first time. They beat us 9-0 in a row. We finally beat them. And we won a national championship with LAPD. And it was mostly because just the remembrance of those guys and really working twice as hard in practice. We worked so hard in practice those two years that the, the cop game was a day off. And that's our Super Bowl. Like, we worked that hard for it. And um, the pinnacle was, was beating LAPD 38-37. 100 degrees, 100 humidity. They thought I was going to wear down, so they put five nose guards on me. But I took care of all those guys. And uh, it was a rem it was all because of the guys, the guys were behind us, you know. Yeah, you weren't stopping the bravest that day. We were we were unstoppable, exactly. We were unstoppable that day, and uh, we we felt it in the air. We felt the brothers in the air, man. We since then we've gone on to different on like four national championships, and uh, mm -hmm. you know the team has really improved a lot. You know. Now the, yeah, the so that's league, good. Before I mean we we had, I want to talk more about this because I I don't think people know. Um, especially people outside of the New York area, that the New York City Police Department, the New York City Fire Department, they they compete against each other in all kinds of different things. Yes. Um, and we'll talk about that. Yes. I'm Becca Plotter. And I'm Eden Schnurstein. We are Iron Dread Powerlifters. And you're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Additional support for the Iron Dread Podcast is brought to you by Holiday's Restaurant where every day is a celebration. Visit them at 2080 West Stadium Boulevard, Ann Arbor, Michigan, or at HolidaysRestaurant.com. 
download their app and receive 10% off your first order when you download the app from the Apple or Google Play Store. Reinhardt Realtors and Associate Broker Tracy Rose. Give her a call at 734-726-5400 if you're interested in buying or selling a home. Our local Ann Arbor Menards, 6405 Jackson Road, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Save big money at Menards. Bella's Transport Incorporated, 6435 North Territorial Road in Dexter, Michigan. A family-owned gravel hauling and trucking transport service since 2004. Give them a call at 313-433-4806. And last but not least, Ryan Mackey Photography of Dexter, Michigan. Find him online at Ryan Mackey Photography. Hi, this is Chris Gillum, head football coach and powerlifting coach at Adrian High School, and you're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. This is Gabe Ward, Iron Dread, football, powerlifting, lacrosse athlete, and you're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Let's kind of put a bow on, you know, kind of wrap up our, our kind of 9-11 talk here. Um, and you know, hey, we we dedicate this show right here to the rem- remembrance of those guys. This is a you know uh, episode forty on our show as I record this, and I want everybody listening to take a moment um, after you finish listening to Coach Summerlad and I talk it up and uh, have some fun because it's gonna get fun after this, and it's been fun before. But just take a moment and and remember those three hundred and forty three guys, and remember the twenty players that were on the team out of that 343 because as i said people people are forgetting about it and i know in my all my classes uh in school on on 9-11 i will be taking the time to remind them because high school kids most of the high school kids right now they weren't born when this happened but even in a virtual setting we're going to remind them you're right they weren't born you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna remind them so they don't ever forget. All right, I just had to plug in. You're all good. You're all good. Sorry for the audio, folks. We're we're on on two different uh different sides of the country here. We're getting we're getting it going. Um, so that kind of puts our, our puts our bow on on nine eleven talk. We we can move on to some fun stuff, but talk about the firemen of New York City versus the police department of New York City. Uh, yeah, that's what, the best the bravest, the bravest versus the finest. That's great. You know, and there's a guy called Pudgy Walsh. Okay, he passed away. He was a legend, and he was an old football player, and he got injured, and he started Brooklyn Mariners, which is a semi-pro team, and it was in Brooklyn. And half the team was firemen, half the team were cops. So in 1973, he starts an argument with the police. He says, well, we could beat you guys in football. And the cops yell back at him saying, no, we could beat you. So 1973, he went out and got a team. You know, and uh, actually, the first year, they lost 21-20 to the police. And uh, ever since then, it's been going on. And it was dead even, dead totally even about until about 1993. Then the cops won nine in a row. They, they, uh, they beat us nine in a row. And then uh, – so 2002, we still lost. 2003, we came back and we finally won. 
But I'm going I'm to backtrack again. You know, every year these guys practice, and they would have six games. But the real big game was that cop Super Bowl, that cop game. Mm -hmm. And we love each other on the street. We protect each other. We have each other's back in a fire or a bad situation in, in New York City. But we, we hate them on game day. And it's a rivalry. It's a great rivalry, you know. I mean, the hitting that goes on is really good. And not only that, you'll get so many guys on the fire department team who used to be on the PD. So it's even, it's even bigger now because now they want a piece of that guy. Like, you know, like you want the fire department now. Like my linebacker did. So uh, it was really, I'll tell you, it's, it's really rewarding when to get on that field and be a part of that game, the fun city ball, the finest versus the bravest. And it's almost, it's probably even bigger than Jets Giants, I'm telling you, because in the street it is the, 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 the blue collar people. The blue collar people in New York, it really is bigger. And that's because everybody wants to be a copper fireman around here. And uh, that's another honorable thing. I love that, you know, that they do that. And, um, you know, we raise, we rise above because of them. Like they, the cops get better every year. They got guys coming out of college. They're younger than we are. So it makes you, it makes you work that much harder, you know. And they do have four times the amount of guys. I'm not making an excuse, but because they have the loaded gun, because they have that loaded gun, we got we to gotta come out of the gate every year, you know. Yep. So yeah. uh, four, four times the amount of guys to pick from on the force. And you know what? The guys are bigger now. I'm telling you, I was – I was playing at 305, sometimes 310, 315, and there was only two of us over 315. Now, there's half the team's over 280 now. There's, there's some big boys now, you know, and it's great to see that, that going on, you know. And we all owe it to Pudgy Walsh who started all that back in 1973. You know, my dad would have played, but he had, he was, my mom was having his fourth kid by then. Uh, actually, fifth kid. Wow. Fifth kid on the way. Yeah. Well, but yeah. great I mean, rivalry. I want everybody to watch the Colorado Fire game if you get a chance. Uh, you can, every year you put it on YouTube, it comes on. You know, this year we didn't have it because of COVID. So. Uh, yeah, so they, they, they don't know if they're going to play it this year or? Well, actually, you know what? It's usually a June game and they didn't have it here. They didn't want, they didn't want, but, you know, they couldn't have everybody bleeding on and snotting all over each other, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Blood, sweat, and tears. They mm -hmm. couldn't have it this year, you know, plus the crowd. They wanted it. I'm believing the players wanted to have it, but oh, players yeah. wanted to have it and coaches wanted to have it, but we couldn't have it, you know. Yeah, but people can go back and, and watch yeah. past games on – It's a great rivalry, man. Uh, so, now, it's it's not just – it's not just football. Like, I've I've seen a lot of different things. Like, the, the police and the firemen in New York City compete in a bunch oh, no. of stuff. The, the, the hockey game is great. I mean, you know, one year it was uh, on force, it was just a fight, but every year it's, it's, you know, the reason there was a fight that one year because they're so into it. And uh, you train all year. These guys work out all year long. Oh, we got to be cops here. We got to be cops here. And if you don't, it's, it's for a whole year, it's painful. They're laughing at you. You know, they're, they're heckling you. They might be, uh, you know, they're friends, but there might be somebody emailing you. But you know what? My, and uh, like I said, my coach puts a trophy in the window. The boxing, the boxing, that's another great thing. I mean, you got to mm -hmm. think about how many tough cops are out there. You know, there's some tough cops that can fight. And um, the firemen got a little better because of them again. But, you know, when you have that many good boxing cops, you, you got to get tough yourself, you know. Um, baseball now they have. They have basketball. Um, you know, the, the great thing about the firehouse is every firehouse has a hockey team. Every firehouse has a softball team, you know. So it, it, it's easy to pick, you know, pick some guys up. You get 300 fire companies, you're getting some players, you know. Yeah, and uh, same thing. Same thing with PD, you know. But it's great rivalry, no matter what sport. You know, hockey is a bloodbath sometimes. 
Oh yeah, I'm sure. Well, in, in, in a good way, in a good way. Oh yeah, go well because ho- hockey's like football. It's it's just it's an alpha male sport, and you got two groups of alpha males that are going to get after it. And guys like us exactly. love to watch that kind of stuff and be part of that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I've seen too that they they even have um, powerlifting teams. I, I saw I've seen like the the police department at least. I don't know, I don't know if I have seen if the fire department has a, a powerlifting team. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that's new. I don't know if they had it years ago. Oh, I would have done it if they did years ago because uh, at one time I was benching over five and uh, well, my squatting days were gone before that. But but there's some just some big boys out there and uh, some real big cops. Huh? But, you know what it is that when you're a fireman, we go to medicals and they still break our chops about being heavy. I mean, when I was over 300. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had doctors saying, hey, listen, you still got to go on a fire. You know, your heart's pounding. You got that gear on. And they were trying to have us under 280 was like their number. And, uh, you know, thank God I had, at some, at some point, I lowered my body fat, even though I was heavier. And I, and I told them, listen, I'm captain of the football team. We, you know, some of us got to play, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you still got to stay in shape. That's, that's another thing. You know, you got to walk up to an area ladder at 3 in the morning, and it's 2 degrees in Harlem, you know. You got to do your job. So what I used to do uh, with that squat rack later on, drop it down to one plate. Listen to this. I'm telling everybody this. If you want endurance in your legs, drop it down to one plate on each side and just go rep, go reps. And um, I caught myself. I got tired one time on the area ladder. Started doing that workout. The next time I walked the area ladder, I wasn't even breathing heavy because I went for reps. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we have to do. You got to do the job. It's well, building that muscle. Tough job, you know? it's a young no, hey, man's job. For people, for people that might not know, tell them like that. Yeah. That area ladder is pretty damn high up there in the air. Like for people that don't know, like how how high are you yeah, going are. when you got to climb that ladder? Yeah, we, you know we have a hundred footer. It, if you're right under the building, you can go up to basically to the ninth floor, but it's really to the eighth floor. But you gotta remember something: you're climbing up there with a roof rope, halogen, and an axe. You know you got your gear on. Basically, you got sixty pounds of stuff on. Then if it's a top floor fire, you got a saw. You gotta just cut the roof. You gotta you gotta bring a saw, a rope. You gotta bring all that stuff up. So you're talking about now. I was weighing 310. Now I all my stuff on. Now I'm 410. And you're going eight stories up, seven stories up. Um, I was fortunate enough one time uh, on the fifth floor, I rescued a 400 pound lady, and we were full of, full above the fire. She was above the fire, and uh, she would have died on the stairway going out of the fire. So we had to get her out. So here I am wrestling a 400 pound lady, and. Uh, let me tell you, it was the toughest thing I ever did, probably. You know, was just oh, getting her onto absolutely. the air ladder. And uh, plus, plus they were stanging us, and the fire was below us. My boots melted from a 13 to a 9, you know. Wow. And uh, I actually got a hernia there. But anyway, that was tough. And uh, that's where I heard my football coach in the back of my mind from high school. You know, you hear, you hear uh, your best coaches in your mind, you hear the best five or ten in your mind, and, but things come back to you. My eleven, I, I wasn't thinking about my. Oh, I don't put down baseball, but I had my football coach in the back of my my mind when I was on nine eleven. You hear you hear those old coaches; they're still in your mind. Someday someone's gonna have Coach Whitaker in their mind when they're doing the same thing. It all goes back, and I thank them for all that. I thank all my coaches for all they've done for me, and uh, fellow players as well. You know, yeah. you don't realize how much you learn from other players too. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, so, sports. Sports teach us a ton about life. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, before we before we move on from the fire department stuff, 
You got any? You got any good like fire, firemen? Like they love to rib each other. They love to to make jokes. They they have different different calls they go on that that leave you. You know, every every time the fire department rolls out, right? Yes, it's an emergency, but there are sometimes you come up on things that are, are funny, right? Like yeah. I, w- I was a volunteer in, in the town of Esopus, and the, I can remember one time we had to go to an old folks' home, and there was a a frequent flyer in there, you know, yeah. that would constantly call, and yeah. all the other firemen knew that it was going to be a little old lady. That was saying, you know, she was having chest pains, but really she was having gas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they sent me in to try and talk to her, and they know that you're not going to get anything out of it. They're all standing out in the hallway laughing at me. Oh yeah. You got any funny, uh, funny stories from your yeah, from your you time know, like remember, that? Well, I mean, there was one guy in the Harlem River, and it was a big pileup, and uh, you know, the guy it was three in the morning, and he was still trying to drive his car with four. He had four cars on top of him. I, I guess he had too much. I guess he had too much drink tonight. Come from Manhattan, come down to Manhattan, and he actually was still trying to drive his car. He was, he was turning the steering wheel, thinking he's driving. And, and uh, <laughs> here we are trying to help this guy. <laughs> I'm like, you're not driving anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You know, there's four cars on top of it. You know, uh, that was pretty funny. He had to be there for that one, but that was funny. Well, you know what? Um, one lady, she uh, we, we had CFRD run. Our engine company would always have CFRD run. So I'm in the engine that night, and they're like, oh, whatever, Mr. Swan again. And, you know, she was sitting there with a purse, her coat, her hat, and she needed a taxi ride to the hospital is all she needed. She needed a ride to the hospital. Hello? We're back there? Yeah, we're good. Go ahead. Uh, I got no volume. There we go. Got the volume back. I don't know what happened. I got a phone call. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. So, yeah. So, anyway, uh, the one lady, she always waited for a bus. She did. The one lady was waiting for a bus ride, you know. And, uh, matter of fact, that was on fire truck. Another one, we get a, a call from this woman for a water leak, okay. It's been leaking for four weeks. She calls us at 3.30 in the morning. It's like two degrees out. And we're like, wait a minute. It's been, it's been leaking for three, four weeks. You're calling us now at 3.00 in the morning. Middle of winter, because there could be a fire in five minutes, and we have to save somebody else. So my lieutenant actually he shut down the half the building because he couldn't tell where the leak was coming from. It was a big leak. Now the other half of the building now is no water. So she never called us again because we finally <laughs> we finally shut down half the building. Now the whole A section's gone. Now one A's upset, two A's upset, three A's upset. You know, so she never called us again after that. You know, and uh, we'll get somewhere like somebody says. Uh, there's a food on the stove, and, and I locked myself out. But meanwhile, they wouldn't they wouldn't pay for a locksmith. They didn't want to pay for a locksmith, so they would make pretend there's food on the stove. But meanwhile, you go in there, I'm like, hey, wait, there's nothing cooking, you know? Yeah, they you just know. want you to come bust the door open. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and then one we got, you get the characters on the firehouse that that, that that are good people, but they 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 entertain you. They they come by, you know. The one guy Street, his name was Street because he wouldn't walk on the sidewalk. You know, his mom, him and his mom had a problem when he was a kid. I think his mom, somebody, you know, tried to take a purse or whatever. So this guy was 35 years old. And for 30 years, he was only walking the street. You know, but I see him every day. Hey, street, how are you, you know? Well, street was a good man. Street knew street knew how to get to the rear of the, every building. Like, if you you pull up and they hey, street, how am I get to the rear? I'll go through here, you know. Sometimes you ask people on the street how to get how to get to a certain spot, you know. 
-hmm. But uh, Harlem was great, great. But we worked at, we played at Sylvia's Restaurant, Apollo Theater. Um, it, it, was, it was busy, but that's what you wanted as a fireman. You didn't want to sit around, sit around getting fat in the firehouse. You wanted to do something, you know? Yeah. And uh, it was a great place to work. I loved it, Harlem. Yeah. That's awesome. What, what, one more time, what call and, uh, station, were you, what station too. were you at? When you were in Harlem, what station was it? I was in the Harlem Zoo. It was called the Harlem Zoo. Engine 5 Mine, Lad 3 30 truck. Yeah. I was a ladder man. I was a ladder company. Well, shout, out to all, shout out to all yeah. them guys and, and Engine 5 9 and Ladder 3 0. Well, Thank you. Yep. I'm, sure you still, I'm sure you still got some, yeah, uh, some buddies down there you can share this. Uh, so this podcast with, they can hear you talking about all the old stories. Some of them that might've been on those calls with you. Yeah, uh, you know, definitely, definitely do. I'll have, to, I'll have to send it out to a couple of those guys, you know? All right. So um, ne my next question for you is, do you have anything exciting coming up in the near future, you know, either professionally or personally? Actually, you know what? Uh, mostly watching, I have three sons uh, and I watch them. Well, I, I, mean, I still do my own thing, but you know what? When you have three teenage boys, Two teenage boys and a ten-year-old. I have uh, one guy is fourteen; he'll be fifteen next month. I have a thirteen-year-old and I have a ten-year-old, and uh, they all excel in football. They all excel in wrestling, basketball, lacrosse. They're doing it all. And uh, my fourteen-year-old actually he's two hundred sixty pounds, six one, two sixty. Um, he's way bigger than I was, and he learned from pops, and he's pushing people all around. He's actually the best player I ever coached. My middle guy's a linebacker. He's real angry. He's he's kind of got like a Napoleon. He's not as tall. But he's got that, that linebacker edge to him, sideline to sideline. He likes to hit people. He probably makes 15 tackles a game. And then my 10-year-old is my quarterback. He's, he's built like mom. He's got a, a Fordham track scholarship wheels. You know, he's got feet on him. And he's totally different. It's great. You have a lineman, a linebacker, and a quarterback. So I, I love how they're all different. And uh, oh, yeah. most of you have been living through them. I know it sounds pathetic to say that, but I tell you, man, it just, just being with them keeps you busy anyway. You know, oh, and I'm sure. working on the house a little bit, trying to get some firewood done. You know, and like I said, I'm going to start bow hunting this month. And uh, actually, Saturday, we're going to start a bear hunt out here. There's so many black bear out here. Well, they say there's too many black uh, bear, but is it too many people? Who knows? But uh, definitely going to go bow hunting. <laughs> so watching my kids, pretty much, bow hunting. I am retired. You know, I mess around with electricity here. I'm an electrician also. But I just like to do that more as a hobby. I, I love electrical work. Anybody out there? Um, whoa, something happened. You're back. If you want a location, do electricity. All right. I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, there, there's a lot of people like, you know, having those skills. And I, I, I talk about this with kids all the time. Like they'll come up to me and say, coach, like, I, I don't know what I want to do. And, you know, after high school and I said, well, you know, hey, yeah, college is a great thing. I went to college and, you know, became a teacher, did all this stuff. Uh, but, you know, for some people, college isn't really what's best for them. And maybe they want to go and learn a trade or they want to go to get a college degree in business, learn the trade, yeah. and then open their own business doing that trade. Yeah. Well, that's why I went to Delhi for electrical. I threw shot put. I learned electricity. By the time I got to local three, and, you know, I had a 3.8 average at Delhi. And then I went to a local three school. And I had to take some of the classes over. So I got a 3.8 to get. I got 3.8 GPA. And I was never a student in high school. But you know what? It was something I liked. It was something I was interested in. And uh, I started fixing Christmas lights as a boy. My dad wouldn't do the lights. So I did them. And, uh, you know, hey, 
There's plumbing, there's electrical. Another one is air conditioning, refrigeration, HVAC, because you learn oh, yeah. plumbing, electrical, and AC. And you're always going to need AC. So if I start over again, I would, well, besides being a fireman, I would do HVAC and also electrician because, uh, you know, it's a great trade. Always going to need electricity. Always going to need cold air, refrigeration. And uh, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of trades out there, carpentry, welding. I mean, I'm, right now, we're, we're, there's 70,000 welders in need right now with the economy. We're actually, America's short, at least 70,000 welders, just welders. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. not even that's not even other trades, yeah. you know. And I know a lot of football guys like to work with their hands more than sitting at a desk. So don't mm -hmm. rule anything out, man. You take the fire test, be a carpenter. Take the fire test, be a plumber. You know, uh, I was an electrician. You can do whatever you want, man. The world is yours. Yeah. You know, land of opportunity. America. It is. It is. It is. If you're willing to work for it, you can get it. That's it. Hey, I had three jobs for 9/11, man. You know, I was a fireman, I was an electrician, and I hooked up the stoves and the projects in the city we had a we had a my friend had a contract he's a plumber and who else to hire but a fireman because we're gonna hook it up safe so man that's we jobs so i couldn't do it anymore you know yeah couldn't, and, couldn't and, keep that pace up but the land of opportunities there you so nice house you, you know? yeah oh yeah i worked for it <laughs> yeah you mentioned um that you, know, you had a, an issue with your lungs that's had to kind of cause you to retire as a result of nine 11, you know, what, what happened? What, what, what was your diagnosis and what are yeah, you, well, what are you dealing with? Well, what happened was, uh, you know, I always, I don't want to say I really had survivor's guilt, but think about it. I mean, I was alive. These guys passed away. My best friend, my three best pretty much away. 2400 guys I knew. So I dug almost every day and we were at the firehouse or we were digging. I was single, no kids. So, Anybody who's seen all those kids was digging. Some guys had, you know, family obligations. We didn't. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, I was that year, I was actually down 285 that year. I lost weight the year 9-11. My arms were down to about 18 and a half inches. But I dug so much, my arms hit 21 inches by March, just from digging, just from scraping frozen ground and, uh, you know, trying to, trying to recover body parts. We, you know, after it was rescue, the first week it became recovery. So we were down there in the cold. Thank God it snowed like once that winter. It was a miracle that that winter it snowed once and we were there every day. So my lung capacity went from 103% running every day to 44% by December of three. Um, so I was hiding from medicals until they finally caught up with me. And they said, you gotta go, you gotta go down and take your medical. And so I went down and took my medical and uh, head FDNY pulmonologist said, how does Phoenix sound? So I knew right away I was going to have to retire. Stay, one of the saddest days of my life, besides 9-11. So that was it. So I had to leave the fire department. And, uh, you know, it's a memory, and it's a great memory, and something I always cherish, you know. Sure. But, but yeah, but anyway, uh, like I said, we were digging with civilians too. And uh, that, that cleanup was amazing. I almost thought it rushed up too quick because they wanted to get Manhattan back rolling. But uh, it's amazing what people did, how everybody came together, camaraderie. All people, police, fire, um, you know, uh, servicemen from all over the place, or Army, Na uh, National Guard, um, FEMA, everybody came together. Just and, and people on the streets just giving you water and uh, candy, hot dogs, cigars, anything, wet, uh, fresh socks, underwear. I mean, they were helping us out, you know. And it was great to see everybody come together. Unfortunately, the times right now, I wish we got to come back together again. I think we need, uh, we need to unite again. Everybody's got to unite. 
you know. So I'm looking to help unite people these days, you know. Maybe that'll be my next step. <laughs> Amen to that, my friend. Amen to that. Yep, Any, yep. Anything interesting people might not know about you? Uh, anything interesting they might not know about me? I'm a good, well, I'm a good cook. Big cook. I love to cook. That's also with the fire department. That and uh, uh, also big fisherman. I like to fish a lot. Striped bass. Um, mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I caught I caught a five pound smallmouth bass last week. But uh, that was that was another big thing. Um, you know, fishing was a big foundation for me. Also, you know, just keep working, keep 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 the line in the water, man. And that's yep. the same thing with life. You keep your line in the water. Keep your line in the water in life. You, you'll grow places. Yep. Um, that's pretty much. You know, keep trying. Keep trying. Life, you'll you'll catch something. Keep trying. You get something. Outdoors is a big part of my life. You know, thank God being out an outdoorsman. Um, that's it. I'm trying to think. You got me on the spot there with something. I might that that one's always, that one's always a, a, it, a fun huh? one to ask people. You know, the the anything interesting people might not know about you. All right, uh, you know what it is? I'm a, I will say. I, I will. Go ahead. Go ahead. I will say this: I'm a Gemini, which is split, split person. I'm a split personality, so sometimes I'm like a teddy bear in the street, you know. But when you get between those white lines, you got to change. And I think that that helped me, my personality. As soon as I became, as soon as I stepped in the field, I became an animal. Mm -hmm. And that's what you got to do. I mean, you know, there was a couple of times the guy wouldn't shake my hand after the game, and I'd feel bad about that. But you know what? We were in battle, and if the guy can't take it, it wasn't my fault. I mean, he, he's he's trying he's trying to hurt my quarterback. You got to think of it that way. He's trying to hurt my quarterback. Hey, I'm protecting that guy. So we went to battle a lot. And, um, you know, you should be kind to people on the street, treat people how you want to be treated, be as nice as you can be. But you get on that field, click, it has to change. And I told my sons that at a young age. You know, I'd have them stand on the sideline be nice. I'd bring them over the white line, now you're an animal. Now you're a quiet boy. You know, you, <laughs> you know I said there's a teddy bear or, or a grizzly bear. That's the way I look at it, you know. My my high school coach and I know you've heard of him, Coach Tom Lachlan. He used to oh, say, yeah. he used to say, all right, you know, you, you take your helmet, right? When the helmet's off, you're a good model citizen, a human being. When you reach those fingers in those ear holes and stretch the helmet out, pull it down, and he would pull it over his head and do like the like a, a metallic like. Yes. Now you're an animal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, he's another one I'd, I would love to have on here. You know, he, he was one of my major influences growing up for sure. He was a great coach. Yeah. I mean, I love playing for him. I know, I know all the guys that, uh, all the guys that I was on, you know, played high school ball with were, uh, were with them. And, and I just noticed, I just found today actually, um, you know, sorry folks, we're doing a little New York talk here. But uh, C.T. Chatham, former head coach of Newburgh Free Academy, he's starting his own podcast. Oh, no kidding. Wow. That's good. Yeah. Good yeah, coach. Uh, yeah, it's on, uh, on Spotify. Him, him and Coach Lachlan were rivals, uh, but they, well, I, uh, you know, come to find out, they were also friends. Oh, uh, no. Your coach, um, I'm trying to remember, was he, was he coaching when I was in high school in 87? I mean, I think he, I think he was there. Um, uh, you guys I, had Jerry, listen to this. Who you <laughs> You guys, it was the first year that, that came to the Newburgh game to Section 9. We were, we, we were, Monroe was top dog. So we had to deal with Kingston and Newburgh. 
So Kings comes down, they have this guy, Jerry Drake, who won up on Arizona Cardinals. And on the other side, you got Alan Young, who was on the Jets and the Kansas City Chiefs. Think about that. Think about trying to block those guys on both ends. Now, here I am, and I'm in the center, and I'm checking back side. And it didn't matter which side you went to because the other guy got him. Like, I go to Jerry Drake, Alan Young make the sack. I go to Alan Young, Jerry Drake make the sack. So um, they beat us on a homecoming that year, and that was, that was a tough pill to swallow. And Newburgh paid the price the next week because we were so mad that we went to Newburgh and we beat them on their homecoming. They pretty much chased us to the bus, man. That, uh, we got on the bus real quick, got out of there. But all I'm trying to say was you guys had a – what an incredible talent they had there and, and a good coach. And, uh, I know it paid off you, you know, Kingston. I know it was paid off when you as a coach. Great place up there. For sure. I've learned, I've learned a ton. Yeah. And uh, you, know, you told me earlier that your, your brother is, is now a, uh, a member of the Kingston Tiger Nation there in New York. My brother, yeah, he was a, he's a well, he's a real tough act to follow. That guy is a real good runner. He ran the 420 mile in high school. He probably could still kick a 50 yarder. Um, and uh, he was the best Pop Warner coach I've ever seen. I mean, he would he would take what the best players could do, and he would work with them. He wouldn't just have his plays; he would design his plays around a player. And that wasn't what most people did. Most people had the players conform around his plays. But if he knew if he had a good wing, he would design his plays to that guy. You know. And um, he went up to um, – he, he's done a lot with track and field. He'll go to high school and make that team a lot better. And um, he's a really good distance coach too. So with the track and field and the football, I'm, I'm sure he's doing cross country. I'm sure he's doing cross country, but that team's going to get a lot better, you know, yeah. the way he trains. And he, he, he practices what he preaches. He practices what he preaches. That's why, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. So Kingston, we're glad to have him. Now, I, I know um, a guy I used to coach with is still there coaching track, uh, Joe Cahill. Uh, he's a good guy. Yes. So I, I, I wonder, I'm going to text Joe and uh, make that connection if he doesn't already know about your, about your brother so they can uh, hook up. Because I know that Joe's looking for, well, he has in the past. I don't know if he still has. I haven't talked to him in a few months. But in the past, he's he's always been looking for more people to help with the track program. So I'm I'm, I'm sure they've run across each other. I know they have. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely have in the past. Because my brother was also at O'Neill for a while. Okay. Um, you know, smaller program there. And he built up O'Neill. as a smaller program. So, uh, yeah, I know when those Kings coaches came down, they did a great job. And, uh you guys all came down together, all the young crew. You mm-hmm. and uh, it was Cahill. I forget the other guy's name. It was like three or four of you guys. Yeah, Marcel came Lucchese. down together. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good coach. Yep. Yeah, we we had yep. we had a lot of fun good. coaching coaching all those years of track together. I miss those guys. I need to get Joe Cahill and Marcel on the on the show as well. But all right, coach. Well, I won't keep you too much longer. We got two more pieces of business before I let you go. Uh, and, and the first one. one is we have a, a tradition, as I mentioned earlier, that every time we have a guest on the show, they get to pick our weight room song of the week. And we have a Spotify playlist where I put these songs into this playlist. So uh, each guest picks their Iron Dread weight room song of the week. It goes on the playlist. I play a little little snippet of it in, at the end of each episode, but everybody goes and listens to it. So I'm wondering from you, uh, Mr. Tim Somerlad, what would be your choice? All right, we're going to go with Lincoln Park. I'm about to break. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. Well, we have audio so problems. Closer closer to the edge, yeah. Uh, can you hear me? Yep. Uh, yeah, I can hear you. You got. You got. I'm, uh, I'm gonna go with Lincoln Lincoln Park. I'm gonna go with Lincoln 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 Park. I'm about to break. Okay. Everything you say to me, because I'm about to break. That's a yep. great lifting song. That's a great motivator. Um, I, 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 oh, yeah. you know, I'm surprised my friends will be shocked that I say Alice and Shane, but uh, Lincoln Park, man. That's a great uh -huh. song. That, matter of fact, the 2005 uh, Mount team used to blast that, I believe, um, oh, the yeah. locker room. It helped them win the States that year. So, it's yeah, little, little I, I remember. There. I remember when the Monroe Woodbury team won the won the states in in 2005 because they beat the Kingston High School Tigers at Deet Stadium. That was my senior year of high school. We lost to to uh, what was his name? He went and played at uh, Hamilton, I think it was Hamilton Greg, College. Yeah, Colgate. Colgate. Uh, Greg Sullivan. Greg Sullivan played at Colgate. My best pop one player. That kid. What a great mm -hmm. player. He he had the ball fakes and. Uh, he was a great kid, just as good a, as a player as he was a person. Mm -hmm. um, he broke all the records at Colgate, and he could have went to a bigger school. But you know what he did? He said, "Why well, go to a bigger school and maybe not play?" Or he goes, "Or go to Colgate," and he broke all the records there. And he's like, to this day, he's like the, the mayor over there. And um, mm -hmm. he he was a tough kid in eighth grade. And I went up to his mom, and I said, "I, I think you have a Division One player," and she she didn't want to hear it. She just wanted to keep making him work every day. And that kid worked hard every day. And um, he was a he was a great example of of uh, success they, and hard they work. They ran they ran the hell out of that yeah. zone read, and at that point nobody had seen it. And they there was times when he'd keep the ball and the refs would blow the play dead Losing because the ball fake was so good. Um, they it would they would blow the play dead because he was so good. At that mesh and putting that yes. ball in it and riding that mesh and reading that defensive end, man, it was yeah. he was really good, really good. Yeah, you, you know, you did, did not want to be with them twice. Yeah, you did not want to be at the end against uh, Greg Sullivan with that spread, and uh, he made his running backs look even better. And you know, Coach DeLiso, who's a legend at Monroe, man, he was my assistant when I was there, and the year after I left, he became head coach in 1988. But anyway, he went to see Urban Meyer. He actually visited Urban Meyer and watched everything he did and went to the conferences with him and. They only let the real uh, good coaches in there, I think, but he learned a lot. And to at least so to actually go to somebody else, it had to be someone good. So mm -hmm. he learned that that spread, and um, they went they went to the states I think five times, and they, they lost uh, four out of five, and I think they went again in thirteen. But from from two thousand five to two thousand nine, I believe it was, they went every year, mm -hmm. and a lot of it was a spread, and just the kids bought in, and I had a big they did have a big old line. I helped design that old line with Tom Kennedy. Uh, Actually, 2001, they were in eighth grade, and uh, Ganella, Scalia, Thorson, Ben Cosme, McHale, uh, uh, Barry, Barry, and Doyle, and, we, and there was a bunch of guys there. And we we mixed these guys around, so we had the perfect setup, and it stayed. Listen to this: that offensive line stayed the same from eighth grade all the way through, and that's why that's why it was so good. Another reason it was so good in front of him. Absolutely. You know? But the teamwork, man, and yeah, baby steps. Having a block, I think they had a a little tiny nose, a little little quick sucker down inside. I think I think it was it, it was either when we coached against you guys or or when I was playing. They had a a tiny tiny little nose. He was way undersized, but man, when that ball twitched, that kid was in the backfield and in a snap of the finger. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, what what year was that now? 
It would have been, I think it was 2005. It, it when it he he was a little tiny guy. I I will never, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll never I remember mean, his name. Yeah, yeah, a couple of good guys. I remember Dolbaum. I, I hope the guys get mad at me because there was a couple of really good dudes back then that were there. Keith Hale was a linebacker. I don't know if it was him. Keith Hale was a real good guy. He might have played with someone on the line. But there were some tough guys that coached there. Keith Hale, uh, Dolbaum, um, you know, guys who get mad at me now. But I need some good players. You know? It's hard to hard to remember everybody, but yeah, we we did a lot of battle. Well, coach, the last thing I got for you before I let you go uh, is: are there any um, social media handles that you'd like to put out there for anybody that listens to this podcast, wants to uh, follow you, maybe shot, shoot you a message and tell you that they enjoyed the show or anything like that? Any social media handles that people could follow you okay. at? Social media? Uh, no, not really. Just uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Uh, actually, yeah, I'm back on Facebook. I'm probably gonna be off tomorrow, but I'll be back on September 12th. And uh, and and I'm on Twitter also. You know, I want to start coaching again, Coach. Uh, I got the itch to come back. You know, I took some time off, and it's time to come back. So I'm, I want to coach one of my sons too. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I might be going to high school level. You know. Yeah. See what happens with that. But I do want to say okay. one thing. I do want to say one thing to the kids out there. You know, I was a little short and I was a little lightweight uh, in high school. And don't ever let people say you can't do it because you can do it. And I listened for too long. I did make it to the free agent scouting combine. The problem was they didn't know I was turning 32 in two days. Everybody else was 24, 25, right? I was the old man. And I played great. But guess what? It was way, way way too late and i'm just my message here is don't wait too late don't you know i, I found out on my own that i could do things without uh i mean i'm not i'm not talking about coaches i'm talking about other people other kids like telling you can't do this or or don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do it that's what i'm trying to say because you can do it everyone everyone out there has a shot everyone has a, an opportunity to do whatever you want to do it's a land of opportunity out here and sports is just part of it you know and it's the best part i think but Amen. That's about it. Um, don't anybody, Amen, don't ever, don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do it. Mm -hmm. All right. Amen. Amen. All right, coach. Well, I, uh, I won't keep you any longer. I, I enjoyed talking to you and catching up with you and getting to have you on the show. And, uh, you know, ho hopefully, you know, people really enjoy your story and, and hearing everything about your life and your times. And hopefully they'll, uh, they'll follow you on uh, social media shoot you a message let you know they enjoyed the show so coach summer lab thank you very much we'll talk soon thank you coach talk to you soon love you brother you too, man. Bye bye. all right there it is our most downloaded episode and played episode of the iron dread podcast thus far episode 40 with coach tim Somerlad of formerly of the FDNY and Monroe Woodbury High School in Monroe, New York. So, folks, we're going to pause for a brief word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with everybody's favorite segment, the Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week, presented, as always, by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. The Iron Dread Podcast is brought to you in part by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. Available for all your DJ and line dance needs. 
please visit crankitupdjdancing.com for booking information. So crank it up! Additional support for the Iron Dread Podcast is brought to you by Holiday's Restaurant, where every day is a celebration. Visit them at 2080 West Stadium Boulevard, Ann Arbor, Michigan, or at HolidaysRestaurant.com. Download their app and receive 10% off your first order when you download the app from the Apple or Google Play Store. Reinhardt Realtors and Associate Broker Tracy Rose. Give her a call at 734-726-5400 if you're interested in buying or selling a home. Our local Ann Arbor Menards, 6405 Jackson Road, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Save big money at Menards. Bella's Transport Incorporated, 6435 North Territorial Road in Dexter, Michigan. A family-owned gravel hauling and trucking transport service since 2004. Give them a call at 313-433-4806. And last but not least, Ryan Mackey Photography of Dexter, Michigan. Find him online at Ryan Mackey Photography. Hi, this is Chloe Perry. I'm a sophomore on the Varsity Girls basketball team, and you're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Ah yes, you know what that sound drop means. It's time for this week's Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week, sponsored as always by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. So this week, folks, since we got a replay episode, we are not going to replay Coach Tim Somerlad's pick for the Weight Room Song of the Week in an effort to give you a new Weight Room Song of the Week song each and every week here on your broadcast. This week, we're going to go back to the 80s rock. And we're going to play a song from a band, Coach uh, Phil Jacobs and I both like very much. We were uh, jamming to some Whitesnake a few days ago. And it is Whitesnake's Here I Go Again. Greg it up.
There you have it. This week's Weight Room Song of the Week, White Snake. And here I go again. Remember, you can find that song and every song from our Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week playlist on our Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week playlist on Spotify. Just search it out on Spotify or take a look in the show notes and you'll find a link to that playlist for your listening pleasure. Well, folks, uh, that's really all we got for episode 58 today. Please remember to follow us on social media at Iron Dread Pod. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you really like the show, share it with your friends and family. It would be much appreciated. Also, don't forget about our sponsors. If you're looking for any of the services they offer, please patronize them as they help support this show and our Iron Dread Powerlifting Showcase and Iron Dread Program. So, without much further ado, folks, uh, we'll get you to the end. This is Chris Whitaker, your host, and I'm saying strength is never a weakness. Tough people always win. Around here, we're becoming dread stronger. See you next week. We out.